Let's pray, shall we? Father, as we gather around your word this morning, we thank you that it's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our paths, and God, our heart's desire is to hear from you. We don't want empty words, but Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just breathe on your word and cause it to produce light and life in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. One of the things I do every year is I ask the question, how can I position myself to take hold of everything that God's got for me? Uh, positioning is just so really important in life. Over the last couple of um, months, I've been watching the Sail GP um, sailing competition on the TV. And basically, in these yachts, they're 50 foot identical foiling catamarans. And uh, any of you who have been uh, on a yacht or on a catamaran, um, 10 knots is about your speed when you sail to New Zealand on your catamaran. These things go at 70, 80 kilometers per hour. They are so, so fast, so, so dangerous. They're identical. So the only thing that's going to be different is the way that they're sailed and the way that they're positioned. And the ones that win are the ones that can position themselves in the right place to get the wind at the right time. We all need to position ourselves to catch the wind of the Spirit and stay in the place that God wants us to. Uh, there are two key disciplines in your life that will help you position yourself to receive everything that God uh, wants to give us. The first of these key disciplines is studying the Word of God. Now, I'm one of these people with a laboratory background, technical background, and so I love programs like CSI, NCIS. I like all the whodunits. Uh, and I know that they're not real. Gosh, when I sit down and watch the TV with my wife, she scares me. She watches all these real things like um, 24 hours in emergency and ambulance and all these things. And these are real, real traumas. The stuff that I watch is just all actors. All actors. But I like the investigation and the deductive process. And we need to take that investigative curiosity in it, into our study of the Bible. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I read the Bible from cover to cover every year, and not every scripture seems that inspiring. So we have to use our investigative skills to uncover God's truth. So the three things that are mentioned there, teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. Teaching shows us the way we should live. Rebuking shows us where we've failed. Correcting shows us how to get back on track. Training shows us how to stay on track. The second discipline we need, if we're going to position ourselves to receive everything that God wants to give us, 
is prayer. In 1 Chronicles, the first nine chapters are taken up with the official family tree of the Hebrew tribes. Talk about boring. Uh, These are lists of more than 500 names. Most of them you can't pronounce. And, I mean, when you're reading through the Bible, the tendency is, hey, we just skip over these. Just get to something that's more interesting. Especially if I'm listening to it on the um, way down to Auckland, I get to that particular section and I just want to fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. But right in the middle of that list of names is one of those hidden Bible gems. In 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9, there is a parenthesis, a a breakout from the names, and an amazing story is recorded. And we're going to read that this morning. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I mean, what was it about Jabez that caused his name and his prayer, his story, to be highlighted above all of the other hundreds of names in that book. It's the only time in the Bible that his name is mentioned. But God thought he was so significant that he records his story rather than just his name. So the first thing, digging behind the scripture that I found, is that Jabez did not allow the adversity and the difficulties of his past to dictate his future. How many people have had problems in the past? Yeah, I've had problems this morning. In the Hebrew, Jabez means pain. Imagine the trauma that that name caused Jabez all through his life. Hello, what's your name? Oh, my name is Pain. You think about it. Talk about a boy named Sue. This is equivalent to to that. It wasn't just about having a name that would cause him hurt and ridicule, but it's how his name could have defined his future. And that's really important because for a Hebrew, your name normally defined your character. It would prophetically map out your future. Uh, When a person's character or destiny uh, changed, then often their name was changed. And some of you will remember that Saul's name was changed to Paul. Simon was changed to Peter. Abraham was changed to Abraham. Jacob was changed to Israel. And it's interesting if you want to look up those names and see what the two names mean and how their destiny was prophetically changed by those changes in name. But Jabez, the pain, didn't change his name. But he refused to have his life dictated by what anyone said about him. I mean, maybe you've been told that you are useless, that you're worthless, you're an idiot. 
especially there's a lot of ones that I've told that as I'm driving along. I don't know whether any of you are like that. You're a fool. You're a failure. You're good for nothing. You're hopeless. The Bible says that reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And it should be our objective to speak life, to speak truth, to speak healing into people's lives rather than to speak curses. Every one of us hear these barbs from time to time. Choose to believe what God says about you rather than the label that you've been given. Because that's what Jabez at some stage in his life decided. And so he turns pain into prayer. And he prayed a prayer that God answered. It's a prayer that we can all pray. It's a prayer, the elements of which we can incorporate into our daily prayer. It's got some great thoughts in this, but the key is that when he prayed this, God answered and God blessed him. And Jabez makes four requests to God. The first request, he says, is, God, bless me. In fact, he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. In fact, adding the word indeed was like adding five exclamation marks or writing the request in capital letters and underlining it. It was as if he said, God, I really, 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 really want you to bless me a lot. How many people want God to bless them? Right. Well, the alternative isn't that great. You know, if you don't ask God to bless you, you either ask God to curse you or you don't ask at all. And both those options are unbiblical. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. In James 4, 2, we read, you do not have because you do not ask God. The blessed life was God's plan for mankind right from the very beginning. Every day of our lives, we should be asking God to bless us, knowing that his very nature is to bless. And when we ask God for his blessing, we're not asking for more of what we could do ourselves. We're asking for his divine, miraculous intervention in our lives to bring about his plans and his purposes in our lives. In fact, it's impossible to fulfill God's plans for your life without God's blessing. In fact, if your goals, if your dreams don't need a miracle to come true, then you're aiming too low. Proverbs 10 verse 22 and the Living Bible says, the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth All our work adds nothing to it. Wow. Jabez was more honorable in God's sight than his brothers because he was absolutely committed to God's plans and purposes coming to pass in his life. And so God answered his prayer. Asking God to bless me has been a regular prayer for me over the years. And God has. He never has forgotten me. And just when I don't expect it, God does amazing things. Some of you uh, 
will know that last year, when I was at the boat ramp uh, at Paru Bay, I had a call on my phone that I didn't recognize. And I answered it, and the, the guy says, Hi, I'm the um, national marketing manager for hunting and fishing. I said, Oh, yeah, good to hear from you. And he said, uh, Last year you bought a uh, rod from us. And that, that was right. I'd gone and bought a rod for the grandkids. And uh, it was just a $70 rod. It was cheap. It was on sale. It was a good one. And then when I took the rod up to the counter, the lady said, oh, it's a Shimano. You should enter in the competition. And I said, what competition? And she said, oh, there's a competition going. So here, uh, I'll fill the form out for you. And she did. She filled the form out, put it in. And the guy said to me on the phone, he says, well, you won the competition. And I thought, fantastic. What have I won? And he says, oh, you've won a boat, a five-and-a-half-meter boat worth $65,000. I couldn't believe what he was saying, but that's what happened. I won a $65,000 boat. Now, the backstory of that was I wasn't entering the competition to win a boat. It's furthest from my mind. But back in 1990, when a missionary came through our church in Hamilton, he asked if there was anyone there who would be able to take his church in Chile for three and a half months. And when he said that, something just leapt within me, and I thought, I'll do it. Never looked after a church before, hardly ever preached. But I sold my brand-new boat to pay for my family and I to go to Chile. Happened to be a five-and-a-half-meter boat. God never forgets. You cannot outgive God. He remembers, and we laughed. So I ended up selling that boat because the one I've got is a better one. But we used the money to um, buy uh, to build a little house for my brother to uh, live in. So everybody won out of that situation. But God wants to bless. When you live for him, when you put him first in each and every situation, you live under the bubble of God's blessing. And he wants to bless you. Uh, we all need to extend and stretch our faith and dare to expect more of God's favor and blessing in our lives. The second thing that Jabez prays is that God would enlarge his territory. In other words, he wanted more influence, more opportunities to make a difference for God. He was looking at his present circumstances and saying, surely I was born for more than this. God expand my influence for you. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you were born for more than you're experiencing at the moment. Come on, encourage them. You were born for more than what you're experiencing at the moment. You are born for more 
There is more. There is more. Every person here this morning needs more of the blessing of God in their lives and needs more of God working through them to expand their influence for the kingdom. It's really easy to drop into maintenance mode, especially in the seasons of COVID. You know, when everything seems to be going against you, all you want to do is survive. All you want to do is get through the day. It's at times like these that we need to stir ourselves up afresh, press into God for fresh vision, fresh influence, fresh encounters with God. God wants you to have an expanded influence for him and your family. He wants you to have an expanded influence for him amongst your friends, at your place of work. We need to have that heart attitude, that heart cry that says, God, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I want to do more for you than see your kingdom influence expand through me. Imagine if your kids came to you and said, Mom, Dad, is there anything more that we could do for you? Now, most of us would fall on the ground with absolute shock. Uh, we'd probably faint. But when we recovered, we would probably say, sure, there's lots more. I mean, my, my boy who lives next to me, he comes and borrows my motor But he hasn't mowed my lawns for me. I'm the decrepit old age pensioner. He's the fit young guy. Dear me. I hope he's not listening to this. Whatever our gifts, whatever our education, whatever our vocation might be, our calling is to do God's work and expand his kingdom on earth. And we should be looking for more opportunities to share God's love and his acceptance and his forgiveness and wisdom with our family friends, with our neighbors, with our workmates and those that God brings across our path each day. Our territory and our influence is not determined by our abilities, but it's determined by our availability and our faithfulness, trusting in God to move in us and through us. It's not our wisdom or our strength or our resources, but God working through us that makes the difference. We need to be a church and a people who pray every day, God, Increase my influence for you. Expand my territory. Amen? Yeah. The third thing that Jabez prays is that, God, you'd be with me. The greatest godly men and women in history all have one thing in common. They had a total dependence on God. And when Jabez prays, And we pray, God, I want your hand to be with me. We're asking God for his presence and his power to be our portion. And we are reaffirming for ourselves the need for God's presence and God's power in our lives. You know, we have an advantage over Jabez and most of the other guys in the Old Testament. See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to select people to do select jobs, whether it was craftsmen who were building 
the temple, or whether it was leaders, the Holy Spirit was given to select people, but we all have the Holy Spirit. He's always with us. And if we are to become everything that God has created us to be, and if we're to accomplish all that he plans and purposes for us, then we've got to live a life of dependence and partnership with God. We need his presence, but also we need his power to accomplish his plans and his purposes. When God opens up opportunities for us to have an expanded influence for God's kingdom, then to fully take hold of those opportunities, we're going to need the Holy Spirit. God's dreams for us require God's miraculous power working through us for their accomplishment. No wonder we need to pray each day that God's presence and God's power would be with us. God is just watching and waiting for you to ask for more of his manifest presence and supernatural power. I mentioned that 1990 went with my family to Chile. I had hardly ever preached before that. I definitely hadn't uh, taken and looked after a church before. But I thought, God, what a great opportunity. Flying there, I was sick as a dog. You had to fly in those days. You had to go through Easter Island um, before you got to uh, Santiago. And uh, I'd eaten uh, too many shrimp cocktails <laughs> on, the flot, on the flight. And so I was absolutely rotten. But that was okay. It prepared me for being careful when I was there because we had to wash everything. Um, you know, when I look back, that trip, which cost me so much in the natural, deposited so much in the spirit into my life. In fact, my desire to hear God's voice, uh, some of my preaching skills were honed in that trip to Chile. But I had to step out to do that. In the uh, early 90s, I went, I think, five times to India. And the first time, as I've told you before, that I went to India, I had to cry out to God. I thought, on the, we're in the plane, we're coming into uh, Madras, which is now Chennai, and I just said, God, what am I doing here? Why did I volunteer for this trip? God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. You've got to help me. And he did. He gave me a love to the, for the Indian people, and in fact, I was downtown on Friday uh, getting a cell phone repaired, and the owner of the shop was a young Indian guy from down south in India. And as I was talking with him, I remembered that very first time. And I was able to share with him some of the miracles that we saw as we went out into the villages and prayed for people. We'd go out there. The Indian guys that we were with were better preachers than us. But they used our white skins to attract a crowd. And I didn't mind that. And uh, we'd have 400 or so people. Uh, would respond uh, and ask Jesus Christ to come into their lives. Uh, that was okay, but they were just adding Jesus to one of their two million other gods. But when we went amongst them and began to pray, and the Holy Spirit came and we saw miracles, and we saw huge healings, uh, when we saw that every time they got touched, they knew that our God 
was the one true God. And then they would give their lives to Christ. Then they would get baptized. And we saw people getting delivered. We saw people getting healed. I remember one uh, young lady coming up. Her hand was twisted like this. And as I prayed for her, it just slowly came round and completely healed. That was one of those trips that I got more out of than I could possibly give. But the good thing is, you see, God wants to do that in every one of our lives. He wants us to be channels of his blessing. He wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on us, but not just on us for us to keep, but he wants to move through us, through us so that he can touch others. God answers our heart cry for help. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God's not scanning the horizon looking for spiritual giants. He's looking for people whose hearts are fully committed to him because he knows that he can trust them with his presence and with his power. Every day we need his presence and his power to accomplish his purposes and recognize his divine appointments. Fourth thing that J.B. is praise. God, keep me from evil. Oh, that you would keep me from evil. When you begin to live a blessed life, when your life starts to move from the ordinary to the extraordinary, when your territorial influence for the kingdom starts to increase, guess whose turf you are invading? You're invading the enemies. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I often think in the Christian life that if you are getting attacked by the enemy, you must be doing something right. You must be doing something right for God. When you're... There is such a necessary request for each of us to make every day because Satan wants you to fail. The thief comes to what? Kill, steal, destroy. That's you that he's talking about. You're the target. You're the one that he's after. He doesn't care about those that are doing anything for the kingdom of God. He's targeting those ones that are making a difference. I could spend hours telling you about the straight-out demonic attacks that Penny and I have had to battle through over the years, but while they can and do take their toll in a person's life, more damage is done when we yield to temptation. Sin came into the world when Adam and Eve yielded to temptation. The one thing that will keep you from the blessing of God is sin in your life. The one thing that will limit the increase of your influence for the kingdom of God is sin. The one thing that will cause the Holy Spirit to withdraw His presence and His power from you is sin. So we need to ask God to help us, keep us from evil, so that we can avoid the snares of the enemy. 
The more influence you have, the more of a target you're going to become. And the more people will get hurt if you sin. That's why the Bible says, smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Uh, That's why there is an incredible pressure on leaders in the body of Christ. And if you can, you should remember to pray for your leaders every day. Uh, I remember being uh, an executive with a dairy company. Certain amount of pressure when you're handling millions of dollars on a regular basis. Then I got on the board of our local church. There was more pressure. We were a church of 1,200 people and a population of 100,000. A lot of pressure there. Then I got on staff, and the pressure went up exponentially. One thing to be on the board, another thing to be on staff. And then I became a senior minister. There is no comparison, people, on the pressure that as a senior minister I've lived on over the last 28 years compared to job I had with a dairy company or on staff or as an elder in a large church. You see, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And God knows, and the enemy knows, that if I was to blow it, if I was to be involved in some sort of sin, it would destroy the church. Because people are not looking to people who have the right talk. They're looking for leaders who have the right walk. And if you're a leader of a life group, make sure that your walk reflects your talk. As a Christian, make sure your walk reflects your talk. People will know that you're a Christian hopefully by your love, but in the marketplace. Some people are worse witnesses because of the way they live than by what they say. So let's get our walk aligned with our talk. But the enemy just loves to pull down leaders. I don't want to hurt God. I don't want to hurt myself nor do I want to hurt others. So I pray, God, keep me from evil. Some of you need to resurrect some boundaries in your life to keep yourself well away from temptation. What do I mean by resurrecting boundaries? Look, if you've had a problem with alcohol, don't get a job as a bartender. Simple. Simple. Avoid the things. Put some boundaries up. Become accountable. Uh, Pastor uh, at Hamilton AOG and I, the senior pastor, when our previous pastor had left, uh, left in glory uh, two years later under a cloud, we found out a whole pile of things that had been going on. And uh, this other young pastor had taken over, sat down with me, and he says, Don, if he can blow it like that, what hope have we got? 
So we decided that every week we would sit down together and we would become accountable to each other. And we went through a whole list of um, points. Uh, and we would hold each other accountable. And that's a great thing to do in your life groups, in your friendships. Get covering, get accountability so that you can walk the talk. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I've noticed that being honorable nearly always means leaving behind mediocre expectations and comfortable assumptions. In Hebrews 11, that's a great faith chapter, there are very few super saints listed there on God's honor roll. They are mostly ordinary people who had faith in an extraordinary, miraculous God and stepped out to act on that faith. What would tomorrow be like if you believed that God was going to bless you, if you believed that God was going to expand your influence for his kingdom, that you would experience God's presence and his power to accomplish his plans and purposes through you, and to top it all off, God would help keep you from evil and hurting others. What would tomorrow be like for you? As the musicians come, why don't you ask? Why don't you ask and keep on asking and see what it will do? I have been praying elements of this prayer for years for myself, for my family, for this church. And I'm amazed at what God has been doing since I've made these prayer elements part of my regular prayer. You need to make it your own, remembering that God is able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or even imagine. So people, why don't we start asking? Why don't we start imagining? You just bow your heads for a moment. I just want to pray. So Lord, we just thank you this morning that you are a wondrous God who's just waiting for us to ask so that you can bless, so that you can expand our influence, so that we can experience your presence and your power to accomplish your plans and purposes. So you'd put a hedge around about us and protect us from the evil one. And God, today, we want all that for ourselves. Lord, we're not being greedy. We're just being biblical. We want everything that you've got for us. So help us, we pray, to position ourselves in that place where we can receive your blessing. We ask this in Jesus' precious name.
wonder if there's one person here this morning and you need a breakthrough in your life right now. Whether it's healing for your body, whether it's a job situation, whether it's a relationship, whether it's long-term disappointment where chains need to be broken and you need to be set free. If, it's, if you need a miracle from God this morning, why don't you just stand to your feet? Because this is a place and this is a time where God can break through. I just really sense the presence of God here this morning and there's a real openness for people to receive. Some of you are standing on behalf of family, standing in the gap, and that's a good thing. God says, I look for a man who could stand in the gap on behalf of a city. And I found none. Those that are seated this morning, why don't you open your eyes, turn around, focus on one person who's standing. And let's begin to pray. Stretch out your hands towards them. Many times Jesus prayed at a distance and people were healed. People were raised virtually from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. So we're just praying. Right, right from Lauren at the back. Through to Tim. Right from my right, through across to the left-hand side. God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you begin to touch people, that you begin to break through in those situations and circumstances. Lord, we all desperately need you. But Lord, right now I ask for miracles. I ask for miracles of healing. Ask for a miracle of healing for Ben. Lord, touch him now in Jesus' name. Lord, those that are struggling with issues of the mind, issues of the soul, God, just touch. Begin to heal. Begin to restore. Lord, let people prosper and be in good health even as their soul prospers. But God, do miracles right now in Jesus' name. Release miracles through your presence. Those that are standing for family members, let there be breakthrough this morning. Let there be breakthrough in the heavenlies. Let there be breakthrough. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let heaven come to earth in each one of these situations and circumstances now in Jesus' name. Above all, we ask God that you would have your way. Amen.